What's up, guys? Welcome to Cupboard's Podcast with your hosts, Matt Trotrick and myself, Peter Fendera. This is a podcast where you tackle current health news and hot nursing topics, one conversation at a time. Thank you guys for following. Thank you guys for tuning in. Check us out on Instagram, YouTube, live stream coming soon. We're still in Chicago traveling, coming soon as well, probably mid-September. Still working on a few things for you guys, uh, but we're still pushing a lot of stuff. So, you know, stay with us. Don't leave. Give us the five stars. Give us some comments. Give us some likes. And yeah, how's it going, Matt? Good love. I am doing well, man. So today we have a special guest on the show. Her name is Kara Lunsford. She's a registered nurse of over 14 years. And she saw that nurse burnout was at all time high. And she turned her focus into creating a community on her new platform called Holla Blue. Her recently uh, nationally recognized nurse survey showed that 75% of nurses said that peer support was the number one thing to help provide sustainability in the profession and to help reduce burnout among nurses. How are you doing, Kara? I'm good. How are you guys doing today? We are great. So can you tell a little bit about the experience that you have as a nurse, where you worked before, and what drawn you towards everything that you're doing to creating this community that you run and organize now? Sure. Uh, well, I, I started uh, in nursing 14 years ago. It was actually my second career. Uh, I was a sign language interpreter for eight years before that, which not everybody knows about me, but that's actually how I got into nursing because I was uh, interpreting the biology of cancer uh, two semesters in a row. <laughs> um, I, I loved it and I realized at that point that I wanted to go into nursing. Um, I actually realized I wanted to go into medicine in some capacity and then realized I was too old to go into anything um, that was going to take me eight years or plus. <laughs> so uh, I decided actually that I was a better fit for nursing anyway, um, just personality wise. And so my very first career uh, in nursing was uh, pediatric oncology at Children's Hospital Los Angeles. I spent my first eight years there. Uh, and uh, as many people would probably understand that there's a heavy level of burnout in pediatric oncology. Um, I probably don't have to explain why, but uh, for the sake of this podcast, of course, there is a, a lot of suffering. There's a lot of death that we encounter, and uh, it's the death of children, unfortunately, and um, which can be very difficult to deal with over long periods of time. Uh, I started realizing that my colleagues were also burning out. There was a, a, a rather blank look over their face sometimes um, and feeling like there was something just missing and kind of absent in them after you know years of doing this. So uh, at first I, I started a, a committee. I, I worked with some other nurses there to start a committee called the Supportive Care Committee at Children's Hospital. We we did some supportive care retreats and um, we brought in a social worker who would work with us on the floor. And, and we realized that just by creating this kind of community amongst each other and this support that we were actually able to see just sustainability and a, a sense of, of, you know, I wouldn't go as far as to say thriving, <laughs> but, you know, we were definitely doing a lot better and there was definitely less turnover, less people leaving um, because they were getting that support. So, you know, moving on, I went into some other areas of nursing. I started doing some administration 
And I started really seeing that uh, there was a heavy amount of turnover, you know, as an administrator, you know, trying to keep nurses, you know, with a company was very challenging. And uh, I, I really saw even a greater need for needing to create some sort of support, some sort of community. Initially, our app was kind of workforce management based, very professional. Um, and we didn't have a lot of like nurse to nurse connections in the first version of the app. And then, uh, but as we started getting feedback, we realized that 100% that was what we needed to incorporate. So we did a big like 180 um, and, uh, and we started adding in uh, a lot of the social features that you see today on Holly Blue. Uh, so all of the groups and the forums and the events and the nurse to nurse connections were, were all about creating um, real like uh, real life connections, not just online connections. So, okay. so that's kind of how we got to today. That's <laughs> I wanted to first say, you know, thank you for working for pediatrics because that as an ICU nurse, that's something I wouldn't be able to do just seeing the, you know, the little guys just suffer and everything that you go through. So we appreciate you for that. And you, you said that these nurses started developing this like blank face, right? So you being expert in what you're seeing and everything, what do you think is like the hallmark sign that you're seeing in the profession or maybe you experienced yourself when you had burnout, you know, that what's like the hallmark sign yeah. of burnout? Uh, absolutely. So, you know, I have actually said this before and, and I wish that somebody would do some research around the stages of burnout because I do believe that there's actually stages of burnout mm -hmm. um, and that it creeps in on you. Uh, at some point, you uh, it, it feels more acute. You know, there's, you know, you, you actively feel like you're suffering. You, you know, maybe you're, you're crying more. Maybe you, you know, you're, you're having uh, uh, difficulty going to work. Maybe you're getting sick and you just like are calling out um, and you're and you're finding that you're calling out more and more often. Um, and, and sometimes nurses actually legitimately feel sick before going to work and 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 they don't realize that what it is is that they're actually fatiguing. Mm -hmm. They're starting to experience this mental and emotional fatigue that's happening to them. And so uh, I would say one of like the first the first signs is that we kind of start to find reasons why we don't want to go to work, you know, or why we can't go to work, um, and you know, and and maybe even before that, there's a bit of like where, you know, right, you know, after you've done a couple of days, the day of recovery is like I'm laying in bed, I don't do anything. I literally just like eat Doritos and binge on Netflix and I spend an entire day doing that because I have this like recovery period that is, is so incredibly intense. Um, I think that there's a combination of those things that start to happen in the very beginning. Um, and then I, I, I think that there's a period of time where people realize, well, there isn't anything I can do. I'd have to completely switch careers. I'd have to define something else. I don't know that there is anything else. I'm not getting the support that I need. I've been to a therapist. The therapist is like, maybe this isn't the job for you, but that's not, of course, the answer. Um, and so then there's like this level of almost like plateauing where, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen the nurses that, you know, they, they put the head, their, their earbuds in 
and they just put their head down and they walk into work. They don't make eye contact. They don't talk to anybody. They get in, they clock in, they sit there. It's almost like they're revving themselves up to like get, to get going. And then boom, it's seven o'clock and they pull the earbuds out and they are, okay, let's go. Let's do this thing. And it's like 12 hours. I'm in it. I'm, and then I'm going to be done. I'm going to stick my earbuds back in. I'm going to clock out and I'm going to walk out to my car. And, and I think that there's a lot of nurses that get into that place and then they stay there for a very long time. And, you know, in a lot of ways, like they're not really living, they're not really thriving. They're, uh, they're surviving is what they're doing. They're just barely like surviving. And, you know, you can't ask someone who's barely surviving to, you know, go above and beyond yeah. or, you know, be that like hundred percent nurse, you know, like at that point, I feel like that's when you start to get this kind of glazed over look. Mm -hmm. Compassion fatigue. Compassion fatigue where I, I used to feel, and I know right before I really felt like I needed to make a huge shift and a, a big change to kind of pull myself out was that I had not, I didn't have the ability to cry anymore. I knew that things were sad. Like I could say something and I could talk about a really traumatic experience that I had just had and I, I wouldn't cry at all. And people would sometimes look at me and go, I don't know how you do this. Like how, you know, like you must just be immune to it at this mm -hmm. point. And I'm like, the word immune was so overwhelming. I was like, immune, of course I'm not immune <laughs> to this, right. you know, but I couldn't attach to the feelings anymore. And that made me feel less than human. And that was when I had really a really hard time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. As nurses, like you got to find like a happy medium where you can appropriately attach and detach feelings with, with certain situations. And like, it's interesting. They were, they were saying that like, you know, like your, your coworkers or your friends were asking like, how, how could you do that? A lot of times with, with burnout, um, people's mentality changes. And I believe that others will recognize when someone else is burnt out before they themselves recognize that they are, yeah. are burnt out. Because if you get the mentality where you're, where you're working, like let's say you're picking up shifts and you've been picking up an extra day for the last six weeks. That's kind of like your new norm. That's kind of what your body's adapted to. You know, so, so it's harder for you to notice you being tired, you're being burnt, burnt out because you've been doing that for the last six, eight weeks compared to somebody else where it's like, hey, you, you changed or they tell you you look tired or you look worn out or even like they, they could ask you like, why are you so quiet today? Or why, are you, why have you been so quiet these past few weeks? Like is something wrong? Nothing's really wrong. You're just burnt out from, from work. And those kind of like their social cues. And like that's how society kind of tells you that you're probably being burnt out or how your coworkers kind of show you that you're being burnt out. Yeah. 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 And, and we can't, it's, it's very difficult sometimes to come home and, and feel like you're burdening your family or burdening your loved ones with the stories that, you know, they'll say to you, my, my partner, my wife would say to me, uh, you know, how was your day? And I'm like, it was a day. Mm -hmm. Because I also realized that I could, I could start to tell her about what my day was like. But um, a little backstory, my, my wife lost both of her siblings 
to cystic fibrosis at the very hospital that I worked at. Wow. So I didn't have the luxury. I think she wanted to know, but then the minute I would start to talk about it, I could see the pain come over her face and I'm like, Oh, I, I can't, I can't talk about this. Like if I talk about this, I'm causing distress. I'm causing grief. I'm causing, okay, I'm not going to talk about this. If I talked about it with a, a therapist, you know, I'd have therapists say like, well, maybe this isn't the career for you. Really? Because who, who is like the, the perfect person for pediatric no. oncology? Like, is there like a perfect person who just deals with children dying better than I do? Like, I'd love to meet that person. Yeah. Um, so that's not the answer either, right? So I think that that actually goes back to like why peer support is so incredibly important for the sustainability of this profession. And, and speaking of the, um, the peer support, you, so you did a national survey. So how did you do that exactly? How many nurses or prof professionals did you actually survey? And did they ask you maybe why peer support was it? Was there a rationale for that? Um, yeah, there was. Uh, so, we, so we ended up reaching out to 1,300 nurses. Um, and it was amazing how fast, like within several days, we had 1,300 responses and over 13,000 comments in the survey. Um, people wanted to talk. You know, I think it's about asking the right questions. I think oftentimes we take surveys and we're like, oh, somebody in HR wrote this. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. not interested in answering this survey. Um, but I think that the questions we answered, we asked them were very pertinent and very uh, timely. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it was right around the time where COVID was like very new on the scene. People were experiencing an, an incredible amount of stress, uh, fear uh, around bringing something home to their families, uh, you know, not knowing enough about this virus. Um, and, not having the protective equipment and all of this stuff. So there was a lot of big feelings happening to a group of people that are already very burned out to begin with. So um, I, I think that that was also why we got such an overwhelming response. Um, according to the statisticians who helped us to uh, digest this data, we needed 1,067 nurses to answer this survey to be statistically relevant for a sample size of the nation. I don't know where 1,067 comes from, but <laughs> I'm not a statistician. So <laughs> I mean, if I was a statistician, that's the number I would personally go with. You know, I, so it sounds good. good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a good number. So we got 1,300. So we apparently are statistically relevant uh, to the to the nation. Um, and, uh, and it was a, an overwhelming response of just nurses understand other nurses. They understand, they just, they get it. Mm. And you know, you've worked and I'm sure it's the same in, in other high stress environments, mm. police understand police, oh. firefighters understand firefighters, you know, veterans. Why is it so incredibly important that, you know, a veteran when they're getting, um, a lot of times veterans get. Uh, counseling from other veterans. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's veterans that go into counseling and counsel other veterans. And it's because they understand. They've been there. They've been on the front lines. Yeah, yeah. I personally think like peer support and like co-worker support is probably the biggest thing 
I'm sure Matt noticed it, or even new grad nurses are going to notice it eventually when they, when they progress at work in the first few months, even nurses that change, change units. Like as a travel nurse or as a nurse that just got a new job, you, most of the time you're going to like your job more, not because the unit's different, but because of the people that are in there. Especially with travel nursing, going from unit to unit, hospital to hospital, your better units are going to be the ones that you socialize more. It doesn't matter that it's ICU or med surge. You know, just you might hate med surge, but if you get a good peer group, good coworker work, that's gonna make work so much better, and it's gonna you can get burnt out less, and you just gotta teamwork's gonna flow inside of work and outside of work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if I especially when I, when I was new grad, when I was starting out, it was nursing was pretty hard. It's hard for everybody when you're starting out, but probably like a six months in, and once I socialized more, got to know people, nursing became like more of what I expected nursing to be, and yeah. like I enjoyed it more, and we even like it's. It's just a good environment to be in as long as you get along with your peers and you work together. Yeah, and, just, and just to piggy, uh, piggyback off that, you know, I, um, my last contract, I work at Santa Monica. So shout out to St. John's. Uh, we had an amazing team. Like we were doing like broad jump challenges. We were doing push-ups. We would be just, you know, like socializing. I know maybe nurses got a bad rep that we sit on TikTok and do nothing. But, play cards. And play cards. But people have to – yeah, people have to realize we need to detach. Like the stuff that we deal with on a daily, three days a week, whatever the case might be, it, it's it's hard on the emotions. And just like you say, like you get fatigued. And sometimes what we do is we just put up the shield where we just get um, numb to that feeling, correct? And that's never a good thing because what is life if you don't feel emotions and all this excitement and joy? I know there's the bad parts of, you know, of the human experience, but we have to experience both. And we need that um, that peer support, just like we, you know, to wrap things in and do anything because it matters. And I wonder if peer support gets affected when you have a whole unit that's burned. I wonder if people are aware of that, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a, you know, it's really interesting. I, you know, I, at some point I, I'd love to spend a little bit more time, like trying to figure out like, how is the whole dynamic of travel nursing, like affecting culture and, you know, because we are such a teaming type of industry where, you know, we rely on knowing each other and knowing each other well, you know, I, I mean, how beneficial is it when you've worked with somebody for 10 years, you're walking in a room and all you have to do is look back and like, look at that person you've worked with for 10 years and they know that they're coming in to get you in 10 minutes, <laughs> you know, like you don't have to say anything. You're just like, you're going to come get me. Right. You know, so, um, it's so incredibly important for culture that we have that kind of consistency that we don't necessarily have the coming and going of people cons constantly. Um, you know, there's, it, it's necessary. We, you know, travel nursing, I think is, is, is definitely necessary. And I think it's something that nurses are interested in doing. I also find it interesting because I wonder if there, if there's this interest in doing it because of burnout. It's like, I, I don't want to like get into the, the politics and the bureaucracy of every single unit. Right. You know, like you're like, I want to come and go. And like, I don't want to have to like get, get into that. But how much is travel nursing affecting burnout as well? Like the nurses who are, you know, full timers on a unit and are constantly having to train the new people that are coming. How much does that add to burnout when you're like, 
you know, you're sitting there and you're charting away. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, the, the band-aids are in that, they're in that drawer that's over. Okay. Let me just go and get that for you. And then, you know, you're like back here and you're like, oh, you, you need to swipe in. Yeah. You just have to, the code is, let me just go do it for you. You know, so it's, you know, it, it adds to burnout as well when, when, you know, we're constantly having new people coming and going and we're like, oh my God, I feel like I'm on the never ending like training bus, Mm -hmm. you know, of just training new people all the time. Um, Because it doesn't matter how long you've been a nurse, if it's a new area and a new uh, hospital, you don't know where anything is. You could be a great nurse, but you don't, (laughs) you don't know where everything's kept. You don't know how, you know, all the ins and outs. So there's so much that's like new, that's great, that is also still adding to our burnout. And that's like, I like how you, you went into so much little detail and that's exactly what happens, right? And then we have the macro level where we don't get heard, you know? Um, we need more staff, we're short staff. Okay, we'll buy you some pizza, please enjoy, but continue working harder of what's happening, you know? and. The, the way they run, it's a numbers game, right? You got to cut staff. You got to send somebody home. It's all, it's all a business. And we're the frontliners that don't care about the business part. We're taking care of the patients. And like always, we're the short end of the stick, you know, not, into, not, not to even mention doctor interactions, which is a whole different, you know, yeah. um, demon on its own technically. Yeah. As, as when you were in DON, did you have any, or did you work with like were you in control of like any kind of nursing retention? Did you guys have issues with retaining nurses or was that aspect part of your job when you're the one? You know, interestingly enough. So while I was there, I mean, not that I'm like patting myself on the back, but I, I'm quite like the nurse's nurse, as you can imagine, based on like what I've done with Holly Blue. Um, I, I'm always like a roll up your sleeves and like get in there and jump in with your nurses. Like I'll go and like do a start of care and then say like, okay, you guys come in later and I'll do the paperwork and I'll do this and I'll help you and I'll come and start the IV. Oh, you couldn't get it. I'll come do it. So while I was there, I actually had great retention. When I first came in though, it was unbelievable. They gave me this long list. They said, these are all the nurses that work for the company. Can you please call them and like introduce yourself, tell them that you're the director of nursing. I actually had people hang up on me. I like, I, I literally would pick up the phone. I'd say, hi, I'm Kara Lunsford. I'm, I'm the new director of nursing for X company. Don't want to, you know, blast it out there, <laughs> but like, not that you guys can't probably figure it out if you go yeah. find me. but like, uh, but you know, X company and, and literally I would be like, hello, hello, (laughs) is anybody there? Uh, I found out very quickly that, you know, people were not very satisfied with like previous administration, um, of that company, the previous DON, the previous, like, you know, people that were running things from a clinical standpoint. Um, I finally got a couple of people that would actually talk to me and tell me how bad it had been. And, uh, and then I had to go through like a whole like reparation, like where I just had to try and repair relationships and advocate for them and go to my bosses and say, look, this is not acceptable. This is not how you treat people. This is how we need to treat people. This is the, you know, and, and we actually had really, really great. In fact, I'm not sure that we lost a nurse while I was there. Because I was, I was very, very hands-on. If someone wasn't happy, not to say that I didn't have to let people go occasionally, um, 
for a variety of reasons, but like, but, but we didn't have people just leaving. Like they were all very committed. And, um, and if I would call them and ask them to go out in the middle of the night, they would do it for me because they knew that like, I would equally like come forward and do it for them. Mm -hmm. I would love to see more nurse leaders um, who are empowered by their administrators and who are empowered by the C-suite people um, to, to truly care for nurses in that way. Um, I have a really big problem with the fact that, you know, our, our basic needs are not being met, yet somehow we're supposed to be, you know, making sure that patient satisfaction is number one. And I'm like, well, how am I supposed to make sure that patient satisfaction is number one when I haven't eaten, when I haven't peed? And if I'm a woman who's breastfeeding, I haven't even been able to pump. So like how on earth am I supposed to prioritize when my basic needs are not being prioritized? And if you come to me and you say, but you have to take a break, it's the law then I shouldn't have to choose between patient safety or overwhelming my colleagues because it's not fair to give four sick patients to a patient who already has four or five sick patients and then expect that I'm just going to go on my break. Yeah. You know, and it's not fair that I'm going to gamble my patient safety to take care of myself. That's not, that is not okay. So, you know, there has to be a change in how we take care of nurses. We have to take care of them as well as, as well as if not better than the patients that we're supposed to be caring for. And then you're going to see patient satisfaction. A hundred percent, you're going to see patient satisfaction scores go up, but not until then. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for nurses is, is breaks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've worked basically in two facilities, the one here in Illinois, then when I traveled nurse with Matt and the probably the, my favorite thing or the best takeaway from being in Oakland was we had break nurses. We had relief nurses that would come and we would be able to leave for half an hour. You know, we wouldn't leave the hospital, but we could leave the unit. We could go take a nap because you know, we had a, yeah, because guilt free, we had a nurse that was designated just to break us basically just to have us, you know, take our half an hour. And that's something that I, that I missed from being in California. Because yeah, when I come that here, be that should be a requirement. Yes, honest, like that. That absolutely should be a requirement because it, you cannot, as a manager, go to your nurses and say, mm. "It's required. You yeah. need to go take your break," and then say, "Oh, but you know, you figure it out. You know, you you need to make sure that your patients are safe. You need to make sure that you know that you're giving your patients over to the nurses that can handle them." you know, it, you know, by the time you've just given report to like, you know, on those four patients so that you can leave, you know, has taken, you know, so much of your time. Right. So, you know, we have to set these nurses up for success and, and, and not placate them and not play down to them and say like, Oh, but we, you know, we gave you a badge, you know, a free badge, a $5 badge for nurses week, you know, I, you know, that, that's just insulting. Yeah. yeah. You know. And and that's why we as nurses and as a community, we have to get more involved in the political sphere because technically this is where everything happens, you know. Um, for example, Illinois, they tried to pass a nurse patient ratio 
but the, um, don't quote me on this, I don't know if it's the association or the committee of hospitals told the state while this was happening that they cannot afford for nurses to have mandatory pay, patient ratios yet. Cali has been doing it since, don't quote me again, 04 or something. So it just, you know. Long time. Yeah, yeah. We, have to, we have to, as nurses, come together. And just like we have this historic movement that's happening now, we as nurses have to come together and say, this is enough. You know, this virus happened. We took a hit, but things can never be the same. And that's when things will change. But we have to unite and make this happen, you know? Like in my mind, it seems so simple to uh, It's like for the break nurse, it's one nurse per unit. That's like 60K a year per unit per nurse here in, in Illinois, roughly plus or minus. So it's not, it's not going to be millions and millions of dollars. You know, it's totally logical and reasonable from like a math- mathematical standpoint and from like an econ- economical standpoint to hire one extra nurse per unit. Like it's not that hard. It's not that hard and it's really, I mean, there's, there's hospitals that are doing it. There is, there is a gold standard. I mean, if you look at UCLA, they have incredible retention. Nurses don't leave UCLA. Not only do they not leave UCLA because of the pay but, and because of the breaks, but because they are genuinely happy. Like they're genuinely happy working for UCLA and I'm happy to plug UCLA. I don't work for them, but like I am happy to plug them because I think what they're doing is like they, they've created a standard that everyone else should be striving to achieve. And, and look, they're not bankrupt. (laughs) I'm sorry. UCLA has not gone bankrupt because they figured out how to treat their nurses well. And they have, you know, the most amazing patient satisfaction scores. Why? Because their nurses are happy, you know? So, so that's, you know, that's just it. Right. And so, um, I'm so sorry. You're going to end up hearing my dog whine. He now realizes I'm in this room. (laughs) I got to hear Matt whine all the time. I'm I'm okay. I've, I, I I thought that I had uh, avoided it for a while, but he, he apparently caught wind of it. And, uh, and, and so I'm going to let him in really quick. Sorry, guys. Um, that's the hazards of working at home, right? You know, that's, that's, the, that's the environment we live in. Uh, but so that being said, look, it's being done. It's been done. Uh, we, right now, what my company is doing is we have a Strive to Thrive challenge that we're doing with companies. One of the reasons why I'm trying to bring our community together and grow our numbers is because numbers matter. Um, the industry stands up and listens when you have numbers because you have more control and you have more power than you think. Uh, we created like a logo that said like a thrive champion. And basically that means that companies have to, uh, put in the work to assess what's going on with their staff. We help them to create those questions and we ask the right questions to figure out like what's going on. Why are they not happy? What do they have to say? What are some of the things you could do to make changes to, to the environment so that nurses, so that your nurses are happy and do feel like they're able to provide safe patient care. And, um, we're going to survey your nurses again in six months after you've done some of these implementations. And then we're going to award you, we're going to say, thank you for showing up 
and giving a shit. <laughs> and we're going to give you like a Thrive Champion logo for 2020. And we're going to say, this is your logo for 2020. And that means that you said that you actually uh, care enough to ask. Some of these organizations, they don't want to know. They're like, we know they're unhappy and we don't want to hear about it. And so we're trying to challenge them to ask the hard questions, get the hard answers, and then do something about it. And then we will showcase them proudly in front of our community of nurses and say, this is someone you should pay attention to. This is an organization that you should consider working for because they actually are showing up and doing something for the community. That's actually a really good ad, good idea because a lot of times we see the hospital get these awards, these national awards, these these state awards, but Daisy, but that Daisy award or whatever they they want to call them, and like that's more of like a numbers game where a hospital gets rewarded for having good numbers, for having good good service. But this is like social points. This yeah. is actually like like a nurse going to like rate this hospital, right? Rating how how she's treated there. That's basically how it's gonna work, correct? Yeah. So, so basically like we go in and we go in with like a, a, a survey tool. We work with feed trail who does real time insights platforms into patient and employee engagement. And we, we actually survey their nurses and, and we ask the questions, the ones that they probably don't want to ask. We ask them <laughs> and we ask the questions and then we sit down with them in a round table discussion and we say, look, this is what your nurses are saying. It might not be pretty, but this is what they're saying. And what are some things that we can do that do fit within your budget that, you know, that are going to have a good ROI for you, you know, because you want patient satisfaction scores. That's what everybody wants, right? They all want patient satisfaction scores. So it's like, okay, if you know that if you were to do these things, you'd get better employee engagement, better retention and better patient satisfaction scores. What is that worth to you? And so then, you know, they budget some money to make those changes. And then we go and we survey those nurses again, like six months later, and we say, how are they doing? Mm -hmm. Now, we don't really like, we won't like hold back the award, you know, if they don't like meet a certain threshold. We're saying we want you to show up and at least try, right? Like that's the first step. Like you have to acknowledge that you have a problem and then you have to be willing to do something about it. And then, you know, we're, we're saying, look, you're striving to thrive, right? You're, you're taking a step towards thriving. If you want to do it again in 2021 and you want to do better, we're going to help you. We're going to help you to do better. So, uh, so it's, that's what it, that's what it's really about. And then if we have the numbers of nurses, that's what everybody wants to know. Like, well, how many nurses do you have? How many nurses are going to see my logo? Right? So that's my focus. My focus is to grow the community. Because if I grow the community, then I can actually affect change in the industry. And I love that you are a CEO that stands for that. Because, you know, just like you say, you know, you rolled up your sleeves and nurses respected you and you didn't have a turnover, right? So if you, ha if you put that same energy into exactly what you're doing, there's going to be success and you're going to see a positive impact. And I love that you are somebody that wants to bring that kind of change because there's a lot of things for nurses, like these meme pages on Instagram and all this stuff. But what is it? We're just like de-stressing on our situation. And but we go back to the situation. We're not like growing a community where we could have some positive change. And that's what we need. You know, we don't need entertainment. I love it too. I consume it, but we need to make value. change. Exactly. We need value. Yeah. 
So hopefully people will see that, you know, that's, that's my hope is that over time, uh, the nurses are going to see the impact that we're having. They're going to start seeing our logo in places and they're going to go, Oh, that's a good place to work because Holly blue went in and like made a change you know, ask these companies to make the change in order to get that logo and that that logo means something when they see it. Mm. So, so that's, you know, that's our, that's our drive. That's our purpose. Uh, you know, sometimes nurses can be very skeptical and I don't blame them. I'm super skeptical myself, <laughs> so I, I don't blame them at all. Um, but hopefully like over time, they're going to see that we're authentic. We're very transparent. Um, and, you know, it's, it, I do believe that I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't think that we could make an impact and that we could make a change. Yeah. It's, it's me and Matt were on the app a few days ago. And it's pretty interesting because you basically like you swipe through nurses basically. And then if you find somebody that, that has similar values with you or is looking for the same thing, or if it's like a CEO of a company or, you know, whatever employee you, you could swipe on them and you can basically like match with them. Correct. And you go and you start talking to them. Is that yeah. how it works? You just yeah, check. so you can do a variety of things. Yeah, so we, we do promote, um, we're, we're big around promoting local connections. Okay. Everybody connects with people online. You know, it's like the person lives 3,000 miles away. They live, you know, 1,500 miles away and you never see that person, right? Mm -hmm. But we're really about creating like local connections. So we want you to see when a nurse pops up like two miles from you or six miles from you and you can say oh you know what that's somebody I could maybe like go to coffee with or go on a hike with or you know oh we seem to have similar interests like this person also is interested in hiking or ceramics or whatever it is right art um, you know we have something in common not just nursing but we have something else in common um, so we're really about trying to promote that we also have like the visibility I don't know if you saw at the top you can make yourself visible or not visible Okay. So for example, like, let's say you went to a conference someday when we're all allowed to congregate, <laughs> let's say that you went to a conference and you wanted to put on your visibility, you're actually going to be able to see nurses that you've connected with and it'll tell you if they're there. So you can wow. be like, oh my gosh, like, you know what? I connected with this person and they actually are across the country because you can connect with people. Like you can go into groups and you can find other people and connect with them and maybe they're far away. They're not going to pop up as people nearby, but you can go and connect with people through groups and events and forums and stuff. And let's say that you're somewhere in, like this happened to me, I was driving to Vegas recently and uh, because it grabs my location, it's like, oh, three of your nurse connections are like within five miles of you. Nice. And I was like, oh, if we weren't in like a COVID time, like a mm -hmm. crazy time, um, I would like offer to take these nurses to have a drink or something like I would be like hey you're five miles from me like would you would any of you like to go and grab a drink um so it's really about promoting real relationships um and but also having a place to you know have our dark humor you know unfortunately you know we put stuff on social media where everybody sees it and the general public doesn't understand that we're really not crushing Seroquel and putting it in their bedtime snack. You know, <laughs> even though it's funny, yeah. super funny yeah. to us, we're like, oh my God, that's hilarious. Yeah, I'm totally going to do that. You know, um, it's not funny to the general public. They're yeah, like, true. what? What does that mean? Yeah. You know, so this is a safe space for us to have 
that humor, which is not always taken well by other people. Um, but you can do it here. You can do it in Hollywood. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how nursing humor is, our nursing, our dark nursing humor, because we have a few friends and me and Matt will joke around or say like a joke and nobody else gets it. Or people are like thinking like, like, what are they talking about? But me and Matt, like to me and Matt, it's hilarious because we, we understand it. And for somebody looking out, it's like, damn, do they really do this? Like, you're, you're completely right. But yeah. When we, were, when we were first looking at the, the Holly Blue app, uh, I'll be honest, it reminded me of Tinder. I was like, yeah. <laughs> somebody told me yeah. that. <laughs> I was like, all right, this is like Tinder. And like my, my lower brain self is like, all right, I could definitely use, use this for, for like dates or whatever. I'm like, no, let's keep it professional. You know, but did you create a good bio? Well, it's good for you because <laughs> it's uh, like 90% women. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. you know, it's like the perfect place for like most like male nurses. They're yeah. like, oh my God, it's all women. Like, yeah. and we don't have any competition. <laughs> like, good point. Good point for the males out there listening, right? <laughs> for the male nurses, like this is the place for you, you know, because you're, you have low competition and a lot of supply. <laughs> so. I'm going to make sure I'm going to monitor Peter's um activity on the app. If he's I'm going to cap him at an hour a day. <laughs> He's going to get way too soon. I'm going to have a Holly blue phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that actually has been something that several people have brought up. And I was like, oh, man, it's so it's true. It's actually true. I'm like, oh, man, it's going to go there, I'm sure, at some point. But, hey, you know what? If that's how you get your – if that's how you thrive, who am I? That's how you connect. It's how you connect, you know? You know? Right? Right. Everyone's got to work. It's interesting because as we're progressing to this, you know, technocracy and technology becoming more relevant, it's going to, it's already becoming a norm of doing that. So it's only going to be adopted even more, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe at first people down the app, they're very skeptical, but as time goes by, we're all going to get used to this because I mean, we're all going to be plugged in technically in the future, right? Not to go on a rabbit hole right now about mm-hmm. things, but but hopefully people will, uh, what we're trying to do is we're trying to make a bit of a, a, a pivot, you know, knowing that people also are really craving real connections. So, so, you know, we do, we all know that like technology is going to be around and it's just going to keep progressing. But if we can bring that pendulum back a little bit and, and find some balance and also create those like real relationships um, I think that that's, that's equally as important. You know, I don't want to necessarily see, like when I'm looking to see like how many people are on the app and how much time they're spending, you know, in all honesty, I don't ever want to see that people are on the app for like two hours a day. I'm like, no, that's too long. You don't, nobody needs to be on this app for two hours. You know, that's probably, you know, probably investors of mine are like, no, of course they do. You know, like, but I personally that's that's not that's not balance you know if you're if if you're like so plugged in that you're not connecting with people authentically then that's a problem so so i'm always going to like push people to do more of that real connecting yeah i like the app personally i was going to ask so what's like you know this is your current ex- uh, obsession growing and trying to thrive in the platform where do you see yourself in the next like few years with the app? You know, anything exciting that you guys have going on? If you don't want to spill the beans on anything, you don't have to. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, 
I mean, I really, I'm excited that we have some partners right now that want to kind of create some exclusive content that like only lives on Holly Blue, kind of like Holly Blue originals, you know, like everybody knows like the Netflix originals and the Prime and the, you know, you know, so some stuff that will be very unique just to Holly Blue, which will be really cool. Um, you know, at some point we'll, we'll build in some other things like the lives that people are used to seeing on Facebook and Instagram where you can, you can go live. Um, I, I do want people to be able to do that. I think it makes it a bit more engaging. We, we, we could do a live on the app, you know, you never know. You know yeah. I mean, like even, you know, introducing like a podcast, you know, so that people can listen live, you know, like, uh, you know, on the app would be fantastic. So we're, we're always looking for like new, new and exciting ways to, um, to grow. Uh, Holly Blue is always going to be exclusive to nurses. I know some people have said like, why don't you like involve other different types of like, you know, people from the industry, you could grow it so much bigger. It's not to say that maybe we won't have another platform separate from this that could be for other, you know, other disciplines. But I, it's very important to me that nurses feel like they have something that is theirs. And so we are not going to ever um, expand it out. Holly Blue will always be where nurses thrive. That's okay. yeah. that's it. Um, but but we will. But you know, my focus is really to like really get in and actually change things in healthcare. So this is this is a platform, and for me, this is a, a jumping off place. I want to build the community so that we can jump off and actually, you know create real change yeah. within the healthcare industry. So I hope that that's where we see some really big things in the next few years. Yeah, that'll be interesting because you guys are going to be able to gather like a lot of data about, about us nurses. And it'd be cool to, well, for you guys, maybe you could do this, but kind of figure out the top, um, top things nurses do. So maybe a lot of nurses do meditation. Maybe you could create like a silent re- retreat for them. Maybe a lot of nurses play basketball. Maybe you could get like gather a bunch of nurses just to play basketball. Like like little like little things like that would be crazy. Maybe you could partner up yeah. with somebody and go to like Mexico for for like a week for all nurses that like you know the beach or whatever. I ha- I have um my my goals are to create like the most amazing discount packages that mm-hmm. like nurses have ever seen. So I I'm already partnering with like I try to partner with companies big companies. We did like a thousand Lamo slippers during um, Nurses Week where we gave away a thousand pairs of slippers. It was quite a beast of a giveaway, but it was um, especially getting slippers to people <laughs> was pretty was pretty amazing. But uh, but our ambassadors were like rolling in eighty pairs of slippers to their hospital and taking them to their units, and it was so great. Mm-hmm. So I what I really want to be able to do is is create a very robust uh, discount packages where nurses feel like, Oh, this isn't just like that one and a half percent or 5% that I get off, you know, if I use my debit card, (laughs) you know, um, but like, you know, real, real discounts, um, is, is kind of my goal. And, and right now we have what's called mission driven marketing. So I just talked to my team and I was like, we, we don't give any money period to boosting uh, posts or doing paid advertisements on Facebook or Instagram. Um, I'm not, you know, blasting Facebook or Instagram, but I'm just saying like, that's not where my money is going to go. And so any money that we spend on marketing is actually going back into the nurse's pocket. So like right now we're doing that Galapagos. I don't know if you guys saw, but we did the, we're doing a Galapagos Island trip. We're giving away a trip 
Um, it's worth like $3,500 and we're doing it with uh, Katie Duke. So Katie Duke is going to do the trip in March and she's taking it, you know, nurses with her and we're actually paying for a nurse to go for free. Um, and then we're doing another one of those with Nurses Travel Network, which I think is going to end up being Thailand, I think was the one we decided to do. Mm-hmm. And, and then um, we're also just like finding nurses and like giving away money, <laughs> which is like kind of crazy. But oh, and we're doing a $20,000 grant with Walden University as well. So, so all of our money, anything that we have earmarked for marketing is all mission-driven marketing. So it's all going to go back into nurses' pockets. Awesome. So you want to keep reinvesting into the community and that's, yeah. that's how growth happens. Yep. Yeah. Anything, anything else you want to chime in before we end the, um, the episode? Oh, no, I mean, like this, this has been so great. And I just want to thank you guys for, for doing what you're doing and for the podcast that you're doing and you're giving nurses a voice and you're being a voice for them. So I just want to thank you for, for the time that you're taking. Um, you know, everything that we do matters when it comes to this industry. So um, I love it. And, and anything I can do to help you guys never hesitate to ask. Okay. Yeah. Before we unplug, what do you do for, for fun? Like, what are your hobbies? What do I do for fun? Well, recently, I've really enjoyed doing my Tuesdays with my son. So I completely unplug. I don't, we don't even bring a phone with us. My son has like a little watch phone that he can like carry. It's like a kid's watch phone. And we completely go off the grid and we go and we do hikes and, you know, we went, we went and did a hike this last Tuesday and then we did like a special like date at like the a restaurant in Malibu, which was really fun. And I, that is actually what I am enjoying so much. I mean, I, I love mindfulness. I love meditation. I love just being in connection is really important to me, but, um, being in a place of like awareness and, and being present is what I find being most satisfying these days. Okay. I, I like that you mentioned, I like that you asked that question because we were so passionate about burnout and everything we're seeing, but we never gave the solution or the way that we kind of unplug or de-stress or keep ourselves sane during everything that's happening. Um, but we really appreciate you having on. I feel like we're very like-minded because like personally we want to grow too, but grow to make an impact because who cares if we're selling a t-shirt, that's not going to matter. But if we could impact nurses for the next generation, whatever the case might be, I I think that's beautiful, you know, and that's where, you know, you become selfless. It's not only about you, it's about the bigger purpose, you know? So absolutely. Where can we find you on Instagram? Uh, we're on Holly Blue, so it's H O L L I B L U, um, and uh, so you can check us out there, and of course on our app, and um, come find and connect with me. I, I love connecting with people. Yep, cool. Thank you, Carol. And guys, make sure you check out the app. Maybe you might find me and Matt on there. Yeah, if you're in the <laughs> Illinois area. Keep swiping. Keep swiping. Swiping. You'll find us on there. <laughs> Increase your radius to 15 miles. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you, Carol. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.